Hello, listeners. Uh, sorry for no new episode last week. We were supposed to be off this week, but I was quite burnt out, so I decided to take the time off of editing, and now instead you get last week's episode this week, and we'll be back next week. So, apologies for the unexplained absence, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy a pretty, pretty solemn, pretty thoughtful discussion on G. Willow Wilson's The Bird King. Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron. And I'm a wet compass. And this week, we escape the fall of Granada in G. Willow Wilson's 2019 novel, The Bird King. Before we're rescued by a big dog man, remember you can help us on Mortified the Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, setting up for a monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter and Tumblr at MortifiedPod. Layla. Aaron. Do you ever think about the end of the world? Uh, in 2022? <laughs> a lot, yeah. Yeah, a lot of this podcast is just us contemplating the apocalypse, but um, we'll be doing a lot of that here today with um, The Bird King. Um, do you want to walk our listeners through how we came about choosing this book? We wanted to pick a book, and I went through my story graph, and we found this one, and it sounded interesting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, so that's why we're both gonna, I think we're gonna have a weird one today, um, because, um, in contrast to some other books we've read, this one, we didn't, you know, fully understand what we were getting into. Um, that's not to say, like, straight up, I think we both liked this book, um, you know, but I think it hit us in, in a weird way, uh, and I think, I think it'll be fun for us to work through that. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's... I don't have a formal plot summary written out. We could just try, kind of try to amble through it. Um, do you want to start? And then I'll try to jump in at places if, if you uh, get lost. Yeah, so, I mean... I'll be your map maker. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I'll be the angry one. Um, yeah. So, uh, this book takes place in the, uh, in the fall of an empire. It uh, surrounds our, our main character, Fatima, who is uh, a concubine to the sultan. And uh, she obviously does not want to be a concubine to the sultan. Uh, and it's about her and her best friend, Hassan. And Hassan is, as Aaron so gracefully put it, he's got red hair, uh, dark skin, and he's a magic man. Um, he makes maps. He's a map maker. So one day... Uh, the Spanish Inquisition arrives at the, the foot of Granada and says, hey, we've been at war for a while. We were winning, so you have to surrender. And the whole castle is like, oh, shit, fuck. And the Sultan tells Fatima while they're, about, uh, while they're in bed that uh, he basically sold Hassan, who is her oldest, dearest childhood friend, uh, for the safety of others. And Fatima, who, who kind of begat this by showing uh, Luz, the, the Spanish Inquisitor, um, the fact that Hassan's maps are magic and can just, like, make doors and shift landscapes. Uh, so, you know, felt guilty about that. Went to Hassan and said, we're running right now. And uh, so most of this book is the journey of Fatima and Hassan, like having to escape the grips of both the kingdom and the Inquisition. They are initially kind of aided 
by uh, Lady Aisha, who is... Um, Fatima's like adoptive grandmother almost like she took Fatima in um, she's the, the mother of the sultan uh, and Vikram who is a, a dog man jinn um, he's a jinn but he's also a dog and also a man and sometimes something in between um, and they eventually uh, also his sister who rules and uh, a, a priest sort of named or a monk named Gwenik who they uh, kind of steal on accident um, they steal the boat and the man um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of traveling between, uh, like awful conditions and tunnels and eating raw rabbit and traveling on boat until they finally arrive, um, on a magic island where time and space just sort of is and changes at its own will. And, uh, uh Fatima realizes that she is the bird king, but so is everyone else. And they have to do, take one last stand against the Spanish Inquisition to keep their peace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what happens. Um, shall we talk about our our leading uh, our our leading lady Fatima? Uh, how did how do you find her? I like that she sucks a little bit. Yeah. Um, right. You mentioned that she was you know she's raised in the the palace as a concubine, right? Um, you know, she this is this takes place in I think fourteen ninety two or ninety one. So like. You know, for the time period, she would have been one of like the wealthiest people just by proximity, you know, to the sultan, re- living a relatively comfortable life. Like, there's a lot of times where, you know, she, she, when she's escaping, she realizes she's like, oh man, my shoes are all messed up because I've only ever worn like soft slippers. Um, and like, she slowly has to become more mature and learn about the outside world uh, on her journey. But yeah, like, she, she's very privileged and, and pampered in many ways. And, um, kind of an idiot right um she she like you said she reveals hassan's magic powers to lose just because she was like oh i don't know where to take this lady i should take her to the most important man in the palace i guess like a fool um but like she's also she's like 18 years old right she she is you know barely i mean she's still functionally a child um you know she, she's she's like an adult but like does not have any like real experience she's she's very naive in, in some ways um and I think it also shows that in the ways that she has this interaction with Hassan. Um, you know, the crux of this book is the relationship between Fatima and Hassan. Um, this, like, uh, basically every review will bring up that they have, like, this um, platonic relationship that is, like, way more intimate and um, powerful than any sexual relationship that, that Fatima has. Um, and that's that's very interesting, but also the ways in which they hurt each other. Um, especially because I think Fatima um, does not understand, you know, how how Hassan maybe wants to be treated. Um, you know, that she that that is that is true. She sucks a bit, um, but also I think we understand why she sucks because like her whole thing is like, you know, I am only ever coveted for my body or to become you know somebody else's object. Um, and that's a very, you know, powerful thing. Her whole motivation is I want to be free of this. You know, I want to be the sultan. I want to be the bird, you know, she ends up being the bird king. Um, and like, that's, I, I think she's a, a good, you know, character with, with very, you know, understandable motivations. And I, th- I think that that's why her flaws work so well, because like, it, it, it all makes sense for her character. Yeah. Um, you know, she's very like, it's interesting to watch a character um, also I really like the palace dynamics, I think, is, is where I'm trying to go. Because, um, you know, you see a lot of these books um, that are, like, these sort of historical fictions. 
um, where the palace life is like really rigid and and very hierarchical which is true here but it's also very funny because um there's a part where like when when the spanish inquisition first shows up uh, fatima decides she's very insulted by uh them and so she instead of handing them the tray of bread and olive oil she like nudges it towards them with her foot <laughs> and you know, there's other books I would have read that you would have had her in, like, prison for something like that. But instead, you know, Lady Aisha was like, well, she's never gotten in trouble before. Like, it's never worked to get her in trouble before. <laughs> so, sorry about the concubine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Lady Aisha rules. She's like, yeah, sorry my concubine was rude, idiots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be rude, too, but in a cooler way. Um yeah, so it's uh, I I do I do like that she's very flawed and and just kind of ambling and trying her best and uh, there's another part that struck me which is like Vikram at one point was like Jesus Christ like can't you walk and she's like uh, the farthest I've ever walked was from one corner of the palace to the other so like I there's why would I know how to walk these like great distances on this terrain yeah, she doesn't own shoes she owns slippers yeah. and yeah. it's you know. I, I felt like the level as to which this girl was taken out of her comfort zone was very um, well thought out and, and good. I mean, <laughs> I, I, she's really endearing. I like I like Fatima a lot. No, I, I think she's great. Um, how do we how do we feel about Hassan? How do we feel about I relate to him. His taste in men sucks. I was going to say, I, I feel like you you would like Hassan a lot, right? He is, you know, the the magical gay person who, um, <laughs> you know, uh, is just uh, just trying to get by, didn't ask for any of this shit. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, Fatima is like, hey, I sold you out on accident anyway. We got to go. And he's just like, Jesus, okay, let's bounce. But um, they, you know, right, I think he's a little bit older than her. I think he's probably like, I would say 10 years older than her-ish maybe eight at most but like um yeah they you know he grew up like watching her grow up in the palace and like you know he he became the map maker and like was able to to do these magic things like you know draw maps of of places that don't exist and you know functionally turn them into portals um and like the the, the main thing that the story's name comes from is this game they used to play because they they found this copy of this story about um you know the king of the birds and how all the you know the king of the birds flew off to this island and all the birds went to go try to rescue him or find him and like because whatever the copy they had is like the, the end is gone um, they just made up their own game where they started, um, you know, being like, okay, well, tell me about, you know, the Raven or tell me about, um, the Hopoe, I think is the name. <laughs> I don't know how to say that bird name, but, Oh, um, I was just reading it. Hoopo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows? Um, but like they, they have this game where they like make up, they each tell each other stories about what happened to that particular bird and the ways in which they tell those stories become important because like Hassan's maps are sort of like the, the stories that he tells to himself. Um, you know, the, the way that they describe Hassan's maps are like an act of perfect faith. Um, and I, I mean, I really like that as, as a superpower. Um, and, you know, I, I just write the, I like that, you know, him and Fatima telling these stories together, you know, is, is the thing that shows how much they, they care for each other and, you know, it explains their history together. And, um, you know, when that's what makes their, their like frequent fights in this book, you know, um, you're like, like pretty hard to read. Yeah. Cause you can tell they really, you know, when you're, when you're in a bad situation, I mean, the relationship isn't necessarily healthy, right? 
no. it's like quite codependent and it's quite um <laughs> it's odd right like it's an odd friendship like he is he's very much a gay man uh and you know they they love one another to the point where like at one point fatima suggests they get married and she's like you know everything and that's where him being a little bit older comes in because she's like nothing else is important he's like ah some things are kind of important and i can't i can't give those things to you um and it's uh yeah i mean like i relate to him on the in the sense that i too am like a charismatic uh kind of shut away um, who doesn't recognize the depth of their own power a lot and is surprised by compliments quite frequently and is uh, also historically the ugly friend. Um, <sighs> now, listen, I know I'm hot and I carry myself like a hot girl. Society does not always agree with me, and that's frankly their loss. Um, mm-hmm. Hotness is a choice, as we've said. <sighs> hotness is a choice and an attitude. Um, and it is hot girl summer is my queen, Megan the Stallion says. Um, but you know, it's, so yeah, I found him, I have, I found him very relatable in that sense. Um, and like, you're right. Like, like, I think, I think the, the key flaw in their relationship is that, uh, he calls Fatima, this is an interesting one. He calls Fatima selfish. And because the book is written from Fatima's point of view, you know that her actions are not actually selfish, right? She does things out of a genuine care for Hassan, out of a genuine care. Um, Like she wants to save herself and she's angry, but there's never a concrete thought in her head that's like, I need to save Hassan because I want him alive. It's, Mm -hmm. it's usually just stops it. Like I need to save Hassan. And I think that is an interesting depth because both Hassan and the reader can read those actions as selfish, even if they're not stated outright. It makes yeah. Fatima not really an unreliable narrator, so much as just a very human one, right? Who who doesn't have like the 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 personal insight to identify those things in herself. Um, it also makes her very much like a fun teenager to read through because she has to she has to grow up so quickly, right? So she's mm-hmm. in these adult shoes, but at the same time, she's just like her frontal cortex just is not quite fully there yet um but yeah their fights were very heartbreaking because you know this is like the only other person you have in the world and in this situation and and to be constantly like betrayed by their thoughtlessness is really heartbreaking to like have to work through especially when that person doesn't perceive their own actions as being thoughtless yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to Gwenick. Um How'd you like Luz? I don't know what the fuck was up with that lady. <laughs> Luz is so weird, right? Um, so Luz is the Inquisitor, as, as you said earlier. Um, and like, in the beginning, like, you know, Fatima really likes her because Luz, you know, understands the, the, the culture, both of, uh, you know, uh, Moorish Andalus, but also like, muslim people um of the time period right and she like she can handle all of lady aisha's jibes and and, you know shots at her um and she really grows on fatima um and then it's revealed that like she's just really there to root out um witches because that's what inquisitors do and um you know fatima is like betrayed she's like how could she do this to me it's like yeah girl (laughs) that's her job um but like you know her, her whole deal is she's very much um you know pick any fucking 
<laughs> media property that it's like I'm a person who's motivated by religious belief. You know, she's um one review I saw um called her like Lady Coulter um in the Golden Compass. Um you know, she's very much a Frollo uh from Hunchback of Notre Dame, right? You know, a Catholic that wants to destroy things they don't understand. Like, eh, it happens. Um, that's what Catholics be doing. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, Luz, like, she, you know, she, she, she's a ruthless inquisitor. You know, multiple times we see her, like, torture someone. She's, like, when she doesn't think she's getting the right information. There's a weird bit in the middle where it seems like the, you know, some sort of magic influences come over her and she becomes magical. And that... Sh- kind of changes her it makes her more powerful but it like makes her more of herself um and it's weird i don't know that i love how it was deployed there at the end um but you know i i think it's fine i don't think it ruins the character i i just the whole sequence the whole island sequence was off to me in, in a way that we'll talk about um but I, I liked her as a protagonist i thought she was fine you know i think she served her purpose yeah, I don't know if those comparisons to the to like Frollo are entirely accurate because the thing that I found the thing I found interesting about this book overall is how ambiguous all the relationships are, right? Like mm-hmm. we live in a we live in a time and a and a culture where people are so happy and so ecstatic to have words to describe their identity that uh, we've kind of overcorrected and now there's a lot of like well, if you're this, you can't be this, or if you're that, it can't be that, right? There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the queer community, a lot of, like, I segments. was going to say, I saw your post about being bisexual on Tumblr <laughs> earlier. Yeah, because, <laughs> you know, some people are talking about the fact that, like, they're nervous to go to Pride if they're bi, because they're like, are, am I going to get quizzed, basically, on how gay I am? Um, I don't know if we have any younger listeners, but, like, if we do, guys... The meat space is a lot chiller than the internet. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody will ask you. And if somebody does ask you, you can just walk away from them. That's It's quite that easy. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, it, it's hard for people to, like, explore when, when they have to feel like they have to commit to one thing or the other. But, like, again, Hassan and, and Fatima have that, like, odd bordering on queer platonic like relationship where they're very very codependent very attached again not the healthiest relationship and that's fine right that's just the situation they're in um and the other thing is that like lose is only a bad person depending on where you're sitting right like lose i i i really like the way that this book paints religious conflict in the sense that like when Luz first comes in, she's very um, uh, uh, charismatic and she's very, like, kind and, and, you know, she draws Fatima in and, like, Gwenic when he talks about her, he's like, oh, she's pretty nice until she, like, captures him herself. Um, and, you know, even, like, kicking Vikram, the way Vikram describes the incident, because she, she kicks him when he's a dog, um, the way Vikram describes the incident is it feels like it's powered by the thing that has possessed her. Um, or no, she wouldn't have been possessed at that time. No, that was all loose. No, loose kicks no. dogs. Yeah, um, yeah. literally, like this is the thing, right? You save a cat, kick a dog, right? This is literally doing the thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, but you know, when you if you are a Catholic Spaniard, Luz is a good person, right? And that's how she gets introduced. Is is trying to project the same kind of 
uh, light that she does when she talks to Catholic Spaniards, and it's just, like, benevolence. Um, but then the more you get to know her, the more you find out that she's not a good person at all, actually. Um, she sucks ass. But regardless, Fatima still has moments where she, like, feels regret towards their relationship. Um, because it's messy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> queer bisexual icon. <laughs> Uh, uh, Fatima, uh, right? Because there, there was like some weird tension between them two for for a little time, but yeah, no, I really like the ambivalence with with which um, this narrative treats its its characters and, and their relationships because you do really have to like like it gives you an opportunity to fall fall for lose in a way, right? To 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 wonder if she's going to be there for the whole journey before she kicks a dog and then ultimately is like the Inquisitor. So, um, yeah. That's the, I don't, I don't, it is freeing a little bit for me to not say that I like or don't like a character. Like, she serves a good purpose. I don't know if I like her because Fatima doesn't know if she likes her, right? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think her, her as a character, she does exactly what she's supposed to do. Um, and honestly, I think that's a compliment, right? I mean, fucking half of the characters I write don't do what I want them to do. Um, it, it is hard to make a character um, work sometimes, but I think, you know, G. Willow Wilson's a very accomplished author. I think she knows what she's doing. Um, Luz, Luz, you know, is an antagonist and it is effective at that. And, you know, it, it is hard for me to give higher praise than that. And she also sticks to an aesthetic, which I really appreciate. She's all we gotta her, love like, black gowns. Mm-hmm. We gotta love an evil nun. Um, let's talk about, uh, your favorite, uh, dog man, uh, Vikram. He's not even really that much my favorite. I just, he, ag- I, I just agree, yeah. agree with Hassan in the sense that, like, there's a point where Fatima's like, holy shit, you're attracted to him. And Hassan's like, I can't help it. And I'm like, that's how I feel. You look at a, like a piece of shit and you're like, oh my God, do you think he's hot? And I'm like, I can't help it. I, uh, Vikram is a... Chaos monster, uh, quite literally a chaos monster. <laughs> um, he just kind of is. Um, again, I like the ambiguity with which he's treated in the sense that, like, when you live as long as Vikram has lived, relationships, time, words, names, appearances, none of it matters. Because he sends his quote unquote sister, and then his sister shows up. She's like, oh, yeah, we fuck sometimes. I don't think we're actually <laughs> related. We just call each other that. Or that maybe we are, yes. but I don't think we are. <laughs> like it's, you know, they're like they're fictional gins, so it's not like you can't be like, you know, can't um, accuse this, them of incest. <laughs> their relationship reminds me of um, the the um, relationships between the Lictors in um, Harrow the Ninth. Um, like between um, God Dad and like all his his weird you know proteges because they've all lived for like thousands of years and they've all had like horrible messy you know fucking five ways and like it's just once you once you hit like once you've lived for X amount of years then you just become a sloppy mess and like I love that yeah I like that they're they're kind of messy and fun and weird um, but yeah uh, Vikram I like I I like the moments in which he chooses to display softness because those moments are always him being very fond of Fatima being a pissy little bitch. And I think that's great. Yeah. 100%. I, you know, Vikram is, you know, the spirit guardian sort of deal who helps guide Hassan and Fatima through like the period where they wouldn't have been able to survive on their own, you know, getting them into the place where they, you know, they can kind of stand on their own two feet. And he does this because this whole shit happened. He got tangled up in all this because once upon a time, he wanted to fuck Lady Aisha so bad 
that he stole her marriage slippers. She said, whatever, I'm going to tell my husband that I gave them to the poors and he moved their wedding up a month. And ever since then, Aisha was like, all right, you owe me the cost of slippers now. And so (laughs) (laughs) this was the final credit card payment for... Yeah, Lady Aisha r- rules. <laughs> yeah, she rips. We we don't have a separate entry for her, but I feel like we we've talked about her enough just to just yeah. to say she does. For for a woman who owns slaves, she does yes. fucking rip. <laughs> there is one apostrophe, but you know, for the purposes of where she is in the story, I think she she's very fun. Um, and Gwenick, you know, we have our Breton monk. You know, he is. They they accidentally kidnap him. Uh, he he lightly betrays them. But then again, they they forgive him, and it all turns out okay until he, uh, spoilers, is killed at the end. Yeah, I can't say I was that bummed. Nope, me either. He, um, I feel like we, I would have, I don't have a lot of, like, quote-unquote criticisms about this book, because I feel like it's so kind of, like, esoteric and subjective, and, and it's, it's very much a myth but i think that the only thing one of the only things i would say that like i wish there was a change to was i gwen maybe should have been part of the original posse somehow that showed up at the palace and just been there a Mm -hmm. little bit earlier um so that maybe there could have been a little bit more of a tug of war between uh fatima and hassan about like some sort of attraction because gwen basically shows up Sails boat, fucks, and dies. Which, listen. Listen, there's worse ways to live your life. Not a bad character, uh, not a bad way to spend your on-screen time, basically, is what I'm, is what I'm trying to get at. You know, you show up, you fuck, you, you die. Um, that's how <laughs> so that's much how of nature <laughs> do. <laughs> um. uh, which, also, shout out to Vikram for being like, I saw a vision of my own death. I'm gonna go out fucking <laughs> yes really extremely good um but i wish there was more gwenna because i just like didn't have time to figure out his deal i agree i think it's a very strange choice to throw him in like literally in the middle of the book um and then make him such a pivotal character um i think it i think you're right that maybe he would have you know we would have got to become more attached to him uh if he had shown up at the beginning and maybe you know switch him out for um vikram and then maybe vikram is just kind of like popping in from from there and again whenever the plot needs him to be there um yeah like i like gwenek i mean i think it's his relationship with the divine is very fun um maybe not fun but like it, it's important right it's contrasted he's like the, the the good catholic we get in this book because all the other catholics suck ass um but like we see that his like he is truly in love with um you know the, the practice uh, of you know creating the eucharist and and the sacraments and you know that's the thing that he cares about the most um and i think that's very fun contrasted with like um hassan's deep muslim faith um and and the ways in which like we get the these two religions um you know clashing here at the end of the world um but yeah i if we had more time i think those themes could have been explored better but mostly he's just like hey you all don't know how to drive a boat (laughs) but i do um I, i think that he is mostly here to get the main characters through i mean i think the most important thing that happens is that he hooks up with fatima um and you know that causes a fight between Hassan and Fatima because he's like Hassan is like I-, I told you I I was into him and Fatima's like I didn't mean it 
I guess, right? And this is where her thoughtlessness comes in. This is where they have this fight um, that, you know, is is very heartbreaking. But, um, you know, besides that, I think, you know, Gwenick is, is, is not really as, you know, I think he... I don't think G. Willow Wilson um, is naive in, in her writing. I think that she knows how to deploy characters, and I'm sure she deployed Gwenick exactly the way that she wanted to. But I personally, you know, like you said, I, I like a trio. I think having three characters is a very effective character way of doing characterization. That's why I like the Fatima Hassan Vikram thing. But I really, you know, if we were going to make Gwenick, if we're going to draw these contrasts, I think it would have been better to swap uh, Vikram out with Gwenick. Yeah, I think structure the structure of the story is very interesting because we're used to a three act structure. I would argue this one's got a two act structure. <laughs> there's the Vikram <laughs> Chronicles and then there's the Gwenic Chronicles. Um and I was wondering if that was it, it like caught me off guard, right? Because you don't really see characters like abruptly leaving a, a story in act like dead ass in the middle of the book. Um, usually you save that for like the one third or the two thirds. Um, but again, G. Willow Wilson, kind of, a, kind of a master of, of ambiguity, if I will. Um, yeah. I of- mean, like this whole book, you know, is written very lovingly. I think, I think the descriptions are, you know, excellent, right? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I would really love to learn how to, to, to move, you know, through a description in the way that Wilson does, because, you know, they're, they're, they're beautiful and, you know, characters, um, don't even really have to do much for her to take up pages and pages. Um, you know, and I think that's gonna, do we actually want to just start to talk about the end of the book here? Um, cause like, that's kind of where I, I want to talk because like, I think will at least in this book, Wilson's writing style, you know, tends to be a little bit more, uh, like you said, ephemeral, esoteric, like, not quite as tied to the plot um and this is this is a thing that i have you know only vaguely read from you know people on twitter from but like this book feels more like of for lack of a better word like vibes like driven as opposed to plot driven character driven um because what happens you know is that they just sort of you know they they get caught but then like they get onto the boat and then there's like a long period where they're just on a boat (laughs) um and then they, you know, they show up on a fucking island. They find the Bird King. And then the last hundred pages of the book is them being like, we're on a magic island. Um, and it really threw me for a loop. Um, and, and, like, they have to, like, mount a whole fucking defense with a bunch of, like, frog people against the Spanish. And, like, in, in one way, like, you know, I kind of like, you know, like I said in my notes, right, when Fatima becomes the bird king, she is placed in the same position as her sultan was, you know, facing an invading army in the end of, you know, her little kingdom, uh, you know, because they, they, they found a little community on that the island for a couple months, you know, um, I, we'll talk a little bit about how this book is interested in, in the end of the world, but like, I don't know, I just, there's a bit where a sea monster shows up, um, and then also... Luz gets a thing in her eye that becomes a big worm, and the sea monster has to kill it, I guess? It's fucking wild. Well, the worm is the thing that Hassan and Fatima freed on accident in the the nothing space. Yeah, but, like, it doesn't... I guess, like, it shows up in, like, the way... It shows up in Luz's eye a couple times, but, like, for it to turn into a big fucking worm monster at the end, I was like, okay, I guess... 
Yeah, yeah. So the last hundred, this reads like a poem to me. Uh, yes. And not like a not like a modern poem, you know, A B A B C D C D rhyme scheme or whatever. Like I'm talking epic of Gilgamesh, baby. I'm talking stone tablets. This feels like English class reading. I feel like I was supposed to get a lot more out of it than I actually did. It's something that requires multiple read-throughs to fully appreciate the poetry and the symbolism. And I feel like there's like research that has to go into it. Mm-hmm. In that sense, I appreciate it a lot, right? Like this is this is exquisitely and lovingly crafted, right? Yeah. I got a very deep sense of reverence for this book. Uh, it's beautiful. As a casual read, <laughs> as something... Yeah, it really does not work well for the format of Mortified, where we were doing one piece of media every week. Like, this is something we could talk about for a month. Yeah, for real. We might, honestly. I'm, it might haunt yeah, me enough. <laughs> three weeks later, we'll get a DM from me. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know... Yeah, the last hundred pages really threw me, um, and I'm try- I'm still like trying to process them because I did just finish the book like a couple of minutes before we started recording. Because I'm a busy, busy girl and gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Sometimes I have to cram a whole book in one day. Um, but uh, the entire time I was reading the island bit, I was sitting there with myself and I was like, "This has to be going somewhere." I'm not sure where, and it introduces a lot of characters. In the last hundred pages, where I, if it feels, you know what it feels like? It felt like somebody's stepping in to guest DM an existing D&D campaign. Right? I, I, I think that's true, yeah. But it, like, there's just so many new people. There's, like, Mary. Were they birds? Were they people? I don't know. Time was weird. Uh, Luz shows up. They don't kill her for some reason. Like, it's, it's... I think ephemeral is the right word. Like, it is a very ephemeral piece of literature, and I really appreciate it. And I'm still sitting here and thinking about how I feel about it. Um, Because, again, I appreciate its ambiguity and its fluidity so much. Um, I think the, the, like, the reverence for and dedicated exploration of, like, incredibly like messy human feelings is so like well attended to in this book. Um, I'm like kind of in awe of the craftsmanship of it. I'm sitting here with the story and as somebody who just likes a a tidy three act structure, um, you know, I want to read like a, I want to read a story beginning to end and just have it sit with me. And if I take something deeper from it, I take something deeper from it. A story that demands so much of me in this moment. I'm still sitting with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if like yeah. any of... I can hear the words coming out of my mouth. I have no idea if they're making sense because I think I've just been no. lost in the whirlwind of, of this book. Yeah, no. I mean, like, it's... it's this is this would be a hard thing to talk about immediately after finishing it. But um, no, I think I, your, your feelings hit a lot. Like... It is asking a lot of the reader, and, you know, I, I I don't know that we're able, you know, as readers to give the book the attention it deserves. Um, you know, the sorry. Thing is, though, we could, though, right? Because, like, me, faithless, queer, you, ex-Catholic. I feel like we could if we were, if this, if we were in grad school, which I'm sorry to bring that up to you this close after you. I you've... never want to be in grad school again, <laughs> Layla, you know this about me. But if you and I were in grad school, right? 
And we were there for lit or whatever. And we were, somebody was like, read the Bird King. And me and you could go off to our respective corners. We could have a spirited conversation about, you know, the the meaning of the all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, we are two extremely tired people nearing 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've been traveling this week and I'm moving. <laughs> so, like, uh, unfortunately, you know, did not, we're not able to give this book the attention it deserved. But, like, you know, uh I, I mean, like, it's not like we can't, right? Like, well, like, the stuff about apocalypses, I think this book is very interested in, like, the ways in which worlds end, the ways in which, you know, uh, things change. And, like, um, you know, I think, you know, it's very, you know, they explicitly call out, like, Fatima, you know, being like, oh, I'm in the same situation the Sultan was um, because, like, my little empire is about to be destroyed and, like, everything's going to be changed um, and a lot of people are going to die. I think that's very interesting, right? You know, the ways in which, um, you know, the, all the people from out of time are traveling and they, they, they've come from their own, you know, apocalypses, ends of the world. Um, and like, you know, this book has a lot of stuff going on in it. Um, you know, I, I, I really like the, the things it's saying. I, I think I like the things it's saying about the end of the world, which is like, yeah, it's going to suck. It's bad. A lot of great noble things will be lost, but also it is worth, you know, pursuing that story you know, continuing on in spite of devastation or, you know, the lines drawn on a map, um, you know, to, to create the spaces that are not on those maps or, you know, to draw your own maps in order to persist after you've, you've passed the end of, of the known world. Um, but yeah, ultimately it is, it is a little bit of a book that, that demands a lot. And, you know, from just the one read through, from it i was like this is just really fucking sad yo (laughs) it is i mean yeah i think i have a um because you know the the apocalypse stuff was really interesting because i feel like i agree with that worldview which is like one i really like the veneration of anger as a as a creative and as a constructive force we have to be angry enough to survive i relate to that a lot because i think if i didn't get extremely pissed off at one point i would be quite dead um and uh so anger has kept me alive for nearly a decade now uh and it will continue to keep me alive i'm just an angry little bitch um and i will continue to be that Um, but also I really like, there's a point where Vikram tells Fatima, um, your world is ending, uh, or it's, it's going to be different. Uh, the world, you know, is into something something along those lines where like, yes, your world is ending as you know it, but that doesn't mean the world is ending. Um, and I think like in these times of like extreme uncertainty, um, that we are facing, that is a sentiment that has been keeping me going. Which is, I look around and I go, okay, the world we know is over. Mm-hmm. Now we get to figure out what's next. Um, right. Um, I mean, this book came out in 2019, right? Immediately uh, following that, uh, the coronavirus, you know, ended a certain kind of world as we know it. Um, and, you know, American politics being what they are, um, you know, you could feel the ending of um, a certain kind of, of world and... You know, whatever comes of that, uh, we will have to fight and find uh, a new way to survive um, and to draw our own maps, uh, whatever that might uh, end up looking like. Mine will be on the back of a brown McDonald's napkin that has some gentle grease stains on it. Amen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
I think I think that's that's about it. I mean, like, listen, if any of that sounded cool to you, I mean, I I think it's a listen. I'm I'm sure I got better at a, as a writer just by reading it. I I think I think there was there was really really good just prose in there. So check that out. Um, hi- highly recommend. But yeah, uh, unless you want to do a seminar, I don't I don't know that there's much else we could say about the Bird King. Yeah, I'll say this: if you have time to read this book, it's not it's not particularly long, right? It's short of 400 pages. It took me like five hours. Um, it's not, like, the biggest, like, literal commitment. Uh, if you have the time and the brain power, though, like, I, I think that there's a couple of different types of mortified episodes. (laughs) There's ones where we hate the thing, we make fun of it, we have a great time. There's ones where we love the thing, we make fun of it, we have a great time. And then there's ones that haunt us, and I think this lands in the haunted category (laughs) of mortified episodes. Um... I think that if you have the room in your brain and your heart to, like, really sit with some prose, I would recommend this book to, like, anyone who, like, genuinely loves the craft of writing and reading. It is, it is, it is beautiful. Um, and I wish I had more time to give to it. Yeah. Uh, Layla, when we are not um, being haunted by um, our lack of time to commit to um, very dense and complicated texts, uh, where can we be found on the internet? You can find me at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. I will eventually write and read and draw and whatnot. Work has me very, very busy. Aaron, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at AaronSXL, where I tweet about tabletop RPGs, health policy, and writing... Um, I just released a um, new tabletop review uh, of the game Navthem's End by Cinta Posadas and Pamela Punzelin, uh, which was really a really cool way to, um, you know, basically they just took their their D&D characters and then like built a whole setting around them and made them saints. It was a really cool game. Highly recommend you check that out. Uh, that's at AA Voigt on YouTube. Um, I do another podcast with uh, our friends at The Bible Boys, where me and my ex-evangelical friends, there are also siblings, um, talk about uh christian media if you want to talk about more catholic stuff or more poems um we me and josh recently read the inferno uh by dante alighieri which was one of my favorite episodes we've done actually that was a great time um but i think this week we're going to do uh god friended me the amazon <laughs> um show that somehow got two seasons <laughs> uh, i don't know how it got two seasons uh before they canceled it but it sure fucking did anyway uh that'll be a fun episode uh that'll come out sometime this week hopefully um our theme song is obsolete by keshko from the album filmmakers reference kit volume two you can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com layla aaron how do we want to close this one out <laughs> i don't know because the effort of thinking too hard in bright sunlight has begun to tire me we'll see y'all next week <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>